Um, so for people who don't know who you are, why don't you why don't we start by uh, having you introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, I, an important detail is that people in the U.S. don't know who I am, and that's why I'm here. <laughs> because because this is the start of your world PR tour. Uh, no, no, the world actually knows pretty well. You know, I've just been recently in a surprise uh, 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 event. I was asked by a big Chinese newspaper mm-hmm. to congratulate the Chinese readers with the Chinese New Year. Really? And I'm like, why, why me? It's, it's a Russian, like, Russian culture supplement to a big Chinese newspaper. And so they, like, asked who of the Russian writers you want to congratulate you with the Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. And they have, like, a million copies or two million copies printed on like, big. And they say, like, Dimitri. And I, I like, I say, why me? <laughs> and they say, yeah, because you're huge in China. I say, really? Because, like, from what my publisher says, I sold 1,000 copies. <laughs> and, they, and, and, and they're like... Uh, yeah, but you don't not necessarily have to sell legal copies in China oh. to become popular. So, so yeah, uh, so so here I am congratulating the Chinese readership. So the the book is actually quite quite big in Europe, and it's a, like an international bestseller. But American publishers are very arrogant, hmm. and then basically uh, what happened is that even before the game was coming out, my agents came to American publishers, sure. and nobody wanted the book. So they just, How, did they give you any specific reasons, or they say it's too strange a story, <laughs> it's too exotic. There's not we, enough transformers in it. So, yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> so, so that's and it was like complete. You know, I understand if, of course, the story is quite exotic, but it has some some international success behind it. So you're you're coming to the to, to the to the to the publisher saying it sold like millions in Europe. And they like, we don't care. Like, American readers prove will not... Prove yourself here before we're... No, how can I prove myself here? You know, American, they say, like, American readers will not understand that. Hmm. So I decided that I basically tell, like, all the publishers to fuck off. And <laughs> what I'm going to do is, like, self-publish. So I put myself on Amazon and create space, like, print-on-demand and e-book. It is kind of amazing what and, you can do now by yourself. Yeah, and actually, you know, the, the story of Metro 2033, the book, mm-hmm. started 11... Like, it actually started last 15 years ago, but the first time it was published, it was 2002. How old are you now? I'm 33. Okay, so you were I, pretty young when you... I, I, I got this story when I was in school. Hmm. That was the, well, the first time I got the idea. I was like 15. I started writing when I was like 17. And uh, then I tried to publish it in Russia conventionally, but it was the same as here. Like Everybody told me to, to, to bugger off. At least, at least in, that, in that case, you were 15 or 17. <laughs> You know, right, right now, it's, I can kind it's of way more offensive right telling. now. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So what I did is I, I published myself online for free. It was 2002. It was before like Facebook, whatever, like blogs, Twitters. People, a lot of people weren't doing stuff like that. Nobody, actually. I, I've only heard one example. That was Cory Doctorow, who did the same, like self-publication for free. And that was about the same time or later than me. But nobody knows about that because it wasn't Russian. So nobody cares what's <laughs> happening in the, those other languages. So... Um, I published myself on the on the website, and the the book first became a hit as a free online text, and it was a free website like project when the game developers found me, hmm. and that was like ten years ago. Right. So they found me before the, the book actually became a book, and long before the book has actually become. Oh, before a it came out formally. Yes, uh, formally. Huh. So it was still like an internet text. So I I I. I How did I, they reach out? Just like over, just shot you an email. Like yeah, just sent me an email. Yeah, it was just like the I, I published the entire text of the novel online for free, and then I just like 
invited people to write me feedbacks. So one one of the first important feedbacks was the, from the creative lead of 4A, of the developer, saying, mm-hmm. like, we want to, to make a game based on that. I had to wait five more years till they actually started making a game based on it. <laughs> but the first moment, I was like, very excited. So... Uh, I'm basically repeating the same experience right now. What I'm going to do is to offer a free PDF with a novel, Metro 2033, me as an author. Mm-hmm. I'm putting that into every PC box sold in the States. Oh, very cool. Yeah, just, you know, whatever. You don't want to buy it, I take it. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, you I, know, it's, I, more, I, it's I, more about getting your name out there and then... So, like, are you... Did, yeah, Did yeah. you just write... Are there multiple Metro novels, or is there just, I wrote just one? two. Okay. 33 and 34. And then I launched a franchise inviting other authors to co-create the universe of Metro 2033 with me. So uh, what, what I did is actually because Metro centers and focuses on the subway of Moscow, mm-hmm. basically the, those people who live in the subway do not know what, 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 what happened to the rest of the world. Right. And I do not know that neither. So what I suggested is for other authors both professional and beginners to join in the project and to write their own stories sat whatever you know but oh, and start figuring out the larger mythology yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it's always the same coherent world mm-hmm. like single universe so right now we got 35 novels in three years so it's a thing that is expanding like very quickly are they all Russian writers? no not, not necessarily no there is a novel written by an Italian guy an amazing novel uh, it's not yet translated into English, but it, it, it is available like in Italian and in Spanish and German and Polish and some other languages. And the the, the novels are getting cross-translated. So Russian novels are getting to other European markets, mm-hmm. and other European novels are getting to Russian markets. Uh, the Russian market now there there is a novel written by a British guy uh, named Metro 2033 Britannia, and there is going to be a novel just being completed written by a Cuban author. Really? In Spanish? Yes, set in Havana. So, uh, oh, so, so it's not even necessarily that they're, they're writing about Russia or Moscow. No, they're, no, no, they're, no, no, they're, no. they're writing talk. about their own places. Oh, really? so they're speaking to where they're from, from yeah, their perspective, yeah, yeah, but about yeah. in the Metro 2033 not, universe. Yeah, 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 not necessarily in the subway. Right. It can be catacombs, it can be wasteland, it can be ocean, whatever, you know. But it's the same coherent world. So the author that first describes it is, is a discoverer, mm-hmm. and the, the others have to follow the description of the place that he offered. Okay. Nobody's speaking about the entire world, everybody, like, it's very local. But it has to be logically consistent, so you have to yeah. read all the other books. Do you, yeah. Are yeah. you the one that's sort of moderating that, so are you, like, reading all the novels yeah. and making yeah, sure Yeah, 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 well, I, I hand-edited, like, the first 25 of them. Right now I'm writing an ex-novel of mine, mm-hmm. which is not 35, it's just a diff- different setting, a sci-fi, dark, dark sci-fi novel, like, dystopia. Uh, and, uh... There is the publisher's editor who is very much in it and who's like generally uh, observing the integrity of the world. But I'm, I'm doing that as well, of course. I'm approving all the stories before they go to, to print. So what do you do when the people are writing them in languages that you can't read or speak? I, I, I actually do speak Spanish, German, uh, French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're prepared for this. Hebrew and, and, and English. Sure. So, uh, what's, what's your interest in all, all those languages? I, I just, you know, I used to work as an international journalist. At the oh, time. really? Yeah. So I, I what? I, television. I used to work as, uh, as, 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 as an editor, ju- journalist, and reporter for Euronews. That's European news mm-hmm. television. It's like, like CNN for Europe. Sure. And then, uh, then I, I used to work uh, for RT, that's a Russian TV channel, doing lots of reporting, like traveling across the globe, 
things like North Pole or Chernobyl or the Baikonur, which is the Russian like space space launch pad, like the Cosmodrome, and like like whatever, like Asia, Arabic countries, Europe. All over the place. So you're doing this while, like, the novel was starting to gain. It was, it, was, it, was, it was more or less simultaneous. I, I started working as a journalist when I was 22, and uh, I published the, the novel when I was 24. So it was like, the first novel. Then I got like three more books, and I'm working on, on the fifth right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like I, I, I've always dreamt from, from since I was a kid of becoming writer and journalist, and I. Uh, so I. <laughs> I Perfectly fulfilled both of the things. Um, what what influenced the first parts of when you were a teenager building the Metro World? Like what what about sort of like these dystopian apocalyptic or post apocalyptic uh, sort of settings is appealing yeah. to you? Like what? Yeah. It seems like you're returning to that sort of in another in another setting. Yeah. What what sort of originally brought? I, you I would maybe that? quotes. I would maybe quotes in in video games Fallout. Sure. Because that was the game I played when I was like 14. Uh, in in books, I would quote uh, the brothers Trugatsky, and uh, that's the cult Soviet and Russian uh, sci-fi writers, and they best known for the roadside picnic, then then turned into a Stalker movie mm-hmm. by Tarkovsky, and so the Stalker setting is basically the same abandoned world. They have a different setting. That's a landing of, of extraterrestrials who then left, destroying everything, and then people venture into this so-called zone. Sure. Uh, that, yeah, <laughs> slightly similar setting, but the feeling is, is is the same. Then maybe of the American authors, I would quote uh, Bradbury and Simak. That's about it. But the biggest inspiration, of course, was the metro itself. You know, like I, I used to take metro every day since I was like ten. Mm-hmm. Every every day, two hours, one hour to get from my home to my school and then back. So, w- which sums up to several months spent underground during my school years. And then one day, I just learned that the place I thought I know so well happens to be the world's biggest nuclear shelter. Hmm. And it was like construct. Well, what have we seen in that game? It's true. Uh, the the subway of Moscow was planned, engineered, and constructed at the big, as the biggest shelter, like air air raid and, and nuclear shelter in the world. Actually, it was like planned during the World War II, and then the beginning of the Cold War, uh, all the nuclear standoffs, the Caribbean missile crisis of '62. It was there. So they they actually the stations lie very deep below the ground. Like the deepest is 100 meters which is 300 feet, which is real deep, and that's supposed to, 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 to save as many lives as possible during the bombings. Hmm. How did, when, when, when did you learn that? Like when did, I learned like that when I was that in school. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you so just I, learned I, it in class? Yeah. No, no, no. no. Well, I, I was reading newspapers already, uh-huh. So uh, and that was the, the, the beginning of the freedom. So you could mm-hmm. uh, like, whatever, disclose all the state secrets. Sure. And then some of the journalists started doing that, so there were like a number, number of articles in the press and reports on TV, and I was so stunned to learn that. So I just decided to go for, uh, to go for like, imagining if a war happens, if World War III happens. Like, we've seen so many times the post-nuclear apocalypse from the American viewpoint. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we're here on the other side of the ocean, how the post-apocalyptic life would look like after the world ends, you know, how, how that would it look here in Russia. And so, of course, naturally, it looks very differently from your normal American or even European 
uh, post-apocalyptic setting and post-apocalyptic stories. I think that playing that, you, you, you can feel it right away. What would you say is the, the biggest difference? I, I'd say it's way less playful. It's much more serious. And it has this, like, whenever you watch, like, Mad Max or, like, Fallout, you don't really feel that people suffer from that. They're just having fun because now everything is allowed. You know? Yeah, there, there's, there's also like a, a real sense of humor to, yeah, to sense of fallout humor. especially. Yes, and yes. Mad Max is really over the top, so you yeah. can kind of laugh at the violence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Violence. Well, whereas I think that in, in, in the world of Metro, people so much long for the lost world. They, they're, so, they, they're so nostalgic for it. And uh, I, I'm just trying to imagine what really the feelings would be and it's not so teenagery so finally I can just grab a machine gun and run and whatever and spray shoot anyone because now what let's say in Dostoevsky you know when in the crime and punishment the main character says but if there is no God and everything is allowed you know but right. there, there is, if the world is ended then everything is allowed you know but it's not about that it's, it's about imagine that people who survive that in the catacombs of Metro they most likely have lost their loved ones on the surface and they can't even get back to the surface to check out the places they used to live in. Mm -hmm. So they, they keep dreaming about that. They, they have the ambitions of once returning to the surface and they can. It's the longing for the lost home, basically. The longing for the lost place of the world's master that they, they, they really feel. And uh, writing the story, and I wrote for The Lost Light, I wrote both the plot line and the dialogue, the mm -hmm. entire dialogue. I made sure that I'm, I'm doing that as seriously and with as much a dedication as I would do writing a book. So it's not the time like, okay, so I'm right now I'm writing a, a game. And the game is for dumb teenagers, so I'm just going to make a simple <laughs> plot Use, used and usable just to run from point A to point B. And then kill 50 guys 50 in guys in between, <laughs> yeah. No, you know, like, first of all, I'm not a game writer, so I don't know anything about writing games. So I decided to, to, to treat it as if I was writing a plot for a book or for a movie. I structured it as a three-act structure, the way they do that in Hollywood, like the way you do that in regular screenwriting. Sure. Setting, then the beginning of the journey, then conflict, whatever, like midpoint, everything. Uh, and uh, the uh, the depth and the maturity of the dialogue and the content and the drama is as serious as I would have been writing had I been creating a, a, a novel story. Mm -hmm. So you, you're going to see that. I'm not sure how well have you played. As far as I understand, you mainly went through the like action gameplay, right? But then there are lots of stations. In which you cannot really uh, shoot anyone. Yeah, oh, I played the first one. I was a big fan of it. But the, yeah. I, I really enjoyed, uh, and I try to tell everyone else to do this, is, you know, I'm an English speaker, but I changed uh, the voices to Russian, to Russian and yeah. then have the subtitles on. And what was actually amazing was that, because the first game was, you know, a little more low budget, um, when you would go through the stations... Uh, that stuff, there were no subtitles for any of that stuff. So you would go through the stations and you kind of just had to infer the stories that people were telling to each other or like what this you know girl was doing, playing with toys. And I couldn't understand what it was. And I, I found that really interesting. And because it, it just felt really, because it feels really weird to play a game that's set in Russia and hear them all speaking English because they wouldn't yeah. be doing that. Yeah, right? yeah, so, sure. So I, I felt like if I'm going to be part of this world, like I want to participate in it. I want to know what they're saying, but I would 
like to hear it, you know, actually in in yeah, Russian. Yeah, and it, yeah. I, I thought it made a huge difference. Like, it made it made the experience way more interesting. So I'm excited to do the same thing with with that one. You, you will have this. Uh, well, I, I suggest actually the, the weird thing is that they speak in, in English with a Russian accent. You know, like, what the fuck yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah. I, I suggested to developers just to voice it with a regular American accent, right. and that would be natural, as if it's translated. Like the girl with the dra- dragon tattoo. Sure, Dragon sure, tattoo. Sure. They don't speak with a Swedish accent. You know, Craig does not pretend to be a Swede. You know, he's not. He's a James Bond. He's a Brit. So he speaks with his regular pronunciation, and that's the way it should have been with this game. But anyway, if you're playing anyway in Russian with subtitles, I think that you're going to have the most immersive experience. And uh, actually, I treat this not as a game, but as an experience, mm-hmm. as, as a life to live, you know. And it has more will bring you more fun just living the life of this character uh, than the Call of Duty like action brainless action style right we um, cannot compete anyway on the other <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on why even try? budget and special effects but we have we, we, we can bring something different to it um, so with the the, the next uh, book you're writing because now this one you know Metro became you know sort of it's now a popular game series uh do you think about games at all in the back of your mind when you're constructing this new world, thinking, you know, does that change the way you write the story if, if you're thinking about it? You know that? what? I, I first thought about it, but yeah, then I understand that there is a very faint chance that this story can become... A, a, visually, it would be beautiful, because it's the overpopulated world of eternally young people, the stru- vertical structure civilization, people who live like in huge skyscrapers, like towers, which which uh, construct, which is which are constructed from the like, hangars sitting on each other, with the level of like, you know, like slums and then farms and then offices, and then plants and then like villas, but they're all atop of each other. So uh, and and then because people live in these hangars, they still want to feel that they are like in open spaces. So they use the projections on the screens on the walls to simulate open spaces. So that would be like Alps, and then a desert, and then whatever some idea like Bavarian village, you know. And that, that all like and you travel in, in elevators, and you're not sure where you're gonna land next time the doors open. When you're gonna be like some island in the Pacific, like quasi island, pretending to be an island. And so on and so on. So it's a very beautiful visually, but the, the, the main story is about the fact that um, people have to make a choice between living forever, staying young forever, and getting a kid. So if you're getting a kid, one of the couple has to give up on his eternal youth and within 10 years die of old age, induced old age. And the main character is a bad, bad person, actually, who is uh, in this engagement troops, like, sorry, not engagement, the, the enforcement, mm-hmm. enforcement task force, who is actually coming to people, to women, an old man is injecting, forcing them to inject with the old age thing, like taking the kids to orphanage if they have bro- broken the law and uh, got pregnant without declaring it. So I'm not sure how, how, how much of a video game that is. <laughs> You know, then, of course, he's, he's going through a moral transformation, but uh, the beginning, the first 100 pages of it, it's just violent. You got, like, rapes, you got, like, crying old people, like, whatever, you know. It's very immoral, and uh, I'm not sure how much of a video game, even with parental guidance. <laughs> might, might be difficult. Yeah. So I, I thought in the beginning that it could be a video game. A video game, like, it, it would be like, good, but then making it softer, making it more naive, making it 
kinder because I want to like I want to become a video game. I think it's not good. You you have to stay real, stay emotional, and if it requires you to go to the extreme, so be it. If it can become a movie or a video game after, so be it. But uh, you should not moderate yourself while creating. You know, if this world requires that, then it's very politically incorrect. You know, to the old people because the state is discouraging the old people, the people from becoming old because it's in a like it's a burden for the society. Then there is no church and God anymore because we don't need soul when the body is eternal. So the the churches as you are used, the cathedrals are used as brothels, as stores, as whatever. You know. Lots of things that are very questionable. The, 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 this degree of freedom you can only allow yourself as as a book author, mm-hmm. because then the the mass market censorship is way more dangerous and also way more uh, how would I say aggressive than the the state censorship anywhere. You cannot do that if you want like to to get to these audiences. You, you cannot do this if you want to get to these audiences. While as a book author, you can allow yourself to do anything that remains in the in the borders of a good taste, mm-hmm. you know. So I decided that I'm writing again, as I did with uh, this game, as serious, as controversial, as emotional as I can, and then we see what happens. You know, I'm not adapting myself because of some marketing limitations. Sure. Cool. Well, Dimitri, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. It's a lot of fun.